Hey folks, it's Pete Trubis, the world's OK starting strength coach, here to talk to you a few things before this episode. New gyms keep getting added to the list, but our current holdup is being able to fill them with starting strength certified coaches. And since we won't lower our standard for coaching, we're going to grow our own. There's plenty of apprenticeship opportunities out there currently and in upcoming gyms. So if you're interested, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com. Click on the Coach tab, fill out the form so you can speak to our recruiter, Anna Capel, and she'll let you know what opportunities are available. There's also a map there to show you what's on the board and what's coming up. Along with that, we have our Coaches Prep Course. It's an online preparatory course that's designed to help get you ready for the Starting Strength Coach Certification. It's open to any level. You're assigned a Starting Strength Coach Mentor. You'll have to go through 23 different modules, including academic written assignments, as well as coaching assignments, where you film yourself coaching different aspects of the lift and get real feedback from a starting strength coach mentor. It's a great opportunity to learn for somebody that is not able to coach in a starting strength gym or somebody that is becoming an apprentice. It is a great compendium to the apprenticeship program. So to check that out, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the coaching tab and you'll find the prep course information there. Lots of opportunity on the horizon, folks, so don't miss out. Enjoy the episode. Mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. We're here today with our friend John Conti of Conti Visuals. John is a buddy that uh, my friend Brandon introduced us to, the GM of Starting Strength Boise. And John joined us to do a video that our other friend Ted Bollocker is directing um, about jujitsu. So yeah. we're doing a jujitsu case study. Yeah, about Eric. About Eric. Yes. Eric Hardison. He's a local black belt. Um, he is strong because you can't be a black belt without being strong, but his coach is a lot stronger than him. Well, that didn't look true that he was strong once we went to jujitsu practice. So <laughs> his, his starting numbers did look pretty good <laughs> um, on the uh, 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 on the barbell, but he was getting mollywopped in jujitsu. So we're gonna try and, um, in fact, he was getting beat by a 16 year old kid who's a blue belt. Yeah. Granted, it's a new era and they're not really blue belts, but that's another conversation. Well, it does make sense when you're trying to just muscle another grown man around and move him to a place where he doesn't want to be moved. That if you're stronger, you would have more success that just makes logical sense to me pretty logical yeah. so yeah. uh yeah so i can see how this is is totally going to be beneficial for him how yeah. is he doing i just did the the one day so i'm sorry eric if you're watching this i just got to saw, see the one day <laughs> where we were trying to make you look bad so so how has he been doing well so first let me just make sure the audience knows that so we're, we're doing a, a case study on eric he has not done strength training properly yet um, he's going to go through the starting strength novice linear progression over several months. We're going to make him much stronger than he is now. Um, and then we're going to record his after footage because you've just done his before footage right. a few weeks ago. So he's already deadlifting 325 after uh, he had two breaks and got food poisoning. It's been kind of a mess, but uh, he started, I think, high 100s on his deadlift. We'll get all the official stats when we do the video. Mm -hmm. um, and he said after week one, he could feel the difference on the mat. And his coach said he could feel the difference on the mat, too. Um, and now he looks different and his game is changing because now he's stronger. And we hear this all the time. Guys say that once they go through the, the linear progression, their ability to control where the fight goes improves. So they get to decide, right? And these young guys that want to be fast and active and explosive, they can kind of slow them down a bit and dictate the pace. How long is the linear progression usually? It depends on the person. But basically what it means is there's a period of time where you can make progress on your lifts multiple times per week. So for a while, you're adding five pounds to your squat three days a week. Then it slows down to two days a week. Okay. When you can no longer make progress more than once a week, your linear progression is over for that lift. Oh, I got so it. that could last you know, two months, could last six months. It just depends on the person. Oh, okay. Yeah. You'll find out, though, because that's the other thing I wanted to tell you guys. So John, being a talented videographer, and we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll have Bree stitch in some of his sweet videos. Uh -huh. uh, we're going to put him through the, the program as well because he came in kind of as a non-believer. I have so many doubts. Yeah. So many. Which is great uh, <laughs> because uh, 
but then I showed you my before and after. You met some of the members, so I think you're finally seeing that this is actually not bullshit. And you'll see for yourself. Yeah, you're gonna try it. Yeah, yeah, I do have some concerns. So let's let's talk about let's talk about what I'm doing. Uh, well, let's talk about me real quick, just because that's like my favorite. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, one, I I grew up playing sports. Like my dad was an athletic director, a PE coach. Like I was in sports, three, th- all three seasons. Weightlifted since I was my twelfth. For my 12th birthday, I got a gym membership. So I work out. Um, I played football primarily in high school. I was walking around at like 205. I'm 180 now. Like I've always heard that once once that whole period of your life is over with, like lose the weight, it's going to be better on your joints and stuff like that. So that's what I did. And I do the yoga thing and stuff like that. And I eat like a damn rabbit. So... Um, and that's what I was always told to do. So now I got into backpacking mm-hmm. where you strap a huge bag on your back. And for me, backpacking too is even harder because I do the whole cinematography thing. Mm-hmm. So I add a lot of weight with my camera gear. I don't want to leave that stuff behind. I got two lenses. I got a camera. I got a drone, like stuff like that. So I'm carrying a lot of weight. So there's the there's the first thing that interests me in the starting strength program is like it does make sense to me to pack on that kind of mass to help me carry that weight now i am and here's where the doubt comes in ray so make me feel better if like because what we're building towards is the hike to uh, everest i'm doing everest in the fall I'm not going to the top of everest i'm doing the base camp hike it's still a pretty extreme thing at High elevations. Share the elevation and how many days it is. Oh, my God. I don't know. It's 21 days. The elevation is like, uh, what, 21,000 or something like that meters. So it's like, it's something crazy. Well above the clouds. Uh, Yeah. There's days where you just stop and you just have to acclimate. You just sit in a little town and you acclimate to the elevation as you you go. So... So part of it is like the cardio conditioning, like, is that going to sustain? And then the other thing is like just injury, injury on my joints. There's that whole thing of like that whole mindset that I had in the past of lose that weight to protect your joints now as you get older. And what starting strength is kind of saying is no, We're gonna we're gonna build we're gonna build those joints we're gonna build the muscles around your joints. What are we saying? So there was three things: carrying the pack, uh, conditioning, and your joints. Let's start with the easiest one. That's that's pretty hard to argue with. So will carrying the pack be easier? Well, of course, right? So um, if you compare me to day one of doing the program where I was squatting seventy five pounds to now, well, let's say pre injured state where I'm working in the three hundreds for my sets across. Um, when I started, if you put 225 on my back, I don't even know if I could have carried it. Maybe mm-hmm. it might have hurt myself. Um, now, when I warm warm up with 225, I can feel it, but it's it's not uh, profound. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's quite light, you know. Right. So the the feeling of weight on your back when you're stronger, that's it's pretty extreme. Um, how much lighter it will be, and then your ability to move it around will be easier because I think the best visual visualization to make is. Imagine if you were a, um, a, you know, a humanoid robot. So you've got these metal components and you've got these motors that drive each joint, right? So what happens if you made the motors bigger? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the movement around the joint would be more explosive, more power. You'd be able to run faster, jump higher, um, move more weight around, right? So, so this is all strength training is. You're making the motors that operate your skeleton stronger. They're more effective, uh, able to produce more force. So then your skeleton and all the leverages associated with it becomes easier to move through space and can perform a, ho- a whole lot more throughout the day. Um, so that's kind of undeniable, and, and that's going to be fun to watch you experience. When it comes to cardio, we'll see. I mean, if so the idea is, and this is kind of where the theory is, and I've never coached a hiker before, but my coach, Will Morris, has. His buddy, I showed you, was sitting at the top of Everest at 250 pounds, and he said, being a big fucker helped me. You know, um, so that's about all the anecdotal evidence I have. But in general, when it comes to maintaining cardio for a particular sport or activity, just continue doing that thing so your cardio base remains the same while you strength train. And then your ability to perform that sport or activity will become easier. The tricky part, though, which you might find and I hear from from hikers is 
when you get a whole lot stronger, you can hike a whole lot harder and you can exhaust yourself easier. So if you, uh, the, the theory is, and I don't have enough experience to say unequivocally that I've seen this, but the theory is if you maintain the same pace and you're disciplined about that, because it'll be easy to go faster, um, your conditioning will be just fine, if not better, because every step you take will be more sub-maximal, right? But if instead you take this newfound strength and you pick up the pace by 30%, you might find that you can't go as long, which is understandable. Well, you make the reference to like uh, the machine with the bigger gears and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like you relay that into a car and giving it a bigger engine. Like, but here's the here's the rub. It's like, you know, you're talking about a, we'll just say a Corvette, for example, with a big old engine. Yeah, that thing can move that skeleton really hard, really fast. Mm -hmm for a really short period of time. Do you want that as a hiker or do you want to be the Subaru or Toyota that can't move that skeleton as well, but it will do it for 300,000 miles? You know, I think that's kind of the rub and you know, we'll go back to the Corvette. I'm guessing that thing has more uh, issues and needs to go to the mechanic more than the Subaru. And I guess that's that, the interesting part because of course it's gonna like the pack is gonna feel lighter on my back right mm -hmm. that's what you said like i don't need any uh you don't have to convince me that it's gonna feel better mm -hmm. but it's like at mile 50 is my left ankle gonna stop uh is it gonna be like dude you've been going real hard on me for the last <laughs> four days oh like, because is of it the up, extra weight is it up for it yeah. yeah um there definitely is a point of diminishing returns when it comes to weight gain mm -hmm. and power to weight ratio is really important um and if you gain too much fat then that's not the right kind of weight and that's the kind of weight that's going to reduce your power to weight ratio and potentially put more load on your joints than is necessary so i think it's all about just staying as, as lean as you can without uh without limiting your calories to the extent to where it's going to prevent you from making progress as fast as you could otherwise so we track my body fat, right? Uh, I mean, we'll track your measurements and we'll get a rough idea of your body fat. Um, the other thing was like nutrition. Mm. Like, is there something I'm supposed to be eating? Like you said, you're, I'm going to love the diet. Mm -hmm. Like I can just eat whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that can't be possible, right? So let's get to the nutrition second uh, question in a second. I want to go back to the cardio one for a minute. Um, in yeah. Instead of comparing um, you to a high-performance machine with a bigger motor, um, I right. would, uh, you, let's, let's talk about, um, vehicles that pull things. Let's talk about trucks. So let's yeah. say you've got a, uh, a Ford F-250, um, with a, you know, standard, uh, let's not use specific models. Let's say you've got a, a full size, uh, three quarter ton, uh, truck that has a, a an, an older V8 with less power. And then you put a newer motor in it that has more torque. Okay. And both vehicles have to pull something up a hill. So the one with more torque and more power is going to pull the thing up the hill a whole lot more easier with less stress on the system, actually, because it's so capable of pulling that torque that it's actually not even bothering the overall system. I think that's probably a better way to, to frame the visual in your mind. Wow. We yeah. are just going to use car metaphors for this whole <laughs> podcast. Just up my car metaphor. Okay, that was good. You got me with that I'm one. a car guy. I love all this right, metaphor. Right, 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 um, right. And I've yeah, thought about no, this a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. Because the other thing is, speaking of nutrition, when you put in a bigger, a bigger engine you get worse mileage. So you're going to, you're going to need more fuel. Right. Um, so, so, um, that's something to consider, nice. something to consider, yeah. which leads us into your next question, which is nutrition. So for right. nutrition, um, you have a total number of calories that your human machine needs to operate daily. So your basal metabolic rate, plus all the activity you perform throughout the day. Um, if you eat in line with those calories, if the caloric intake matches the caloric expenditure, your weight will remain the same. Um, if during this program you do what we say and you produce a stress to your overall system that will enable you to build muscle if you feed it properly, then you and if you then eat at a slight caloric sur surplus, that extra substrate will be converted into muscle mass. When you're building muscle, you have to also add a little bit of fat, unless you're already really fat and you've got fat to lose. Um, so you'll probably add a little bit of fat. But you can gain muscle and gain fat and have your body fat percentage remain the same or go down even, mm -hmm. since it's a ratio. Uh, with you, your body fat percentage will probably go up a little bit since you're really lean. But you'll find um, you'll find a really nice sweet spot. And you'll know exactly where it's at. It's going to be really weird because, dude, I come back from the trail, I mean... 
I mean, some of these hikes are, you know, five days, 50 miles, um, crazy, like 5,500 elevation gains. And, and, and I, I like, I'm not joking. There's, there's days you go through 10,000 calories, no big deal. Um, you're pretty much operating at a deficit that whole time. You just can't pack the calories enough to, um, to, you know, survive. And I really, you know, a lot of hikers say, you know, you, what you need out there is fat. Cause that's what your body, like, you know, when it's going for those long distances, uh, just pr- trying to do endurance energy, right? Your body taps into your fat stores. Mm. So having a little, even extra fat on me, like during training, trying to get that almost fat resources, my fat resources up before those hikes. Mm. Cause I'm going to try to pack as much food as I can and as high calories as I can, but it's like, you're just going to be, you're just going to have a little deficit and you're going to get into that fat. So another reason why I think being in the high teens or low twenties, body fat percentage wise would be good. But to your earlier point, if you're at 30% body fat at 220 pounds, I mean, that's, that's a lot of extra weight to move around for no particular reason. Unless you happen to be stranded up there for a month, in which case it'd come in handy. But otherwise, it'd be a, that would be only downside. Yeah. What did you tell me if I got like sick or something? This is that's a that's a plus to this program. If I get some sort of like malaria in Nepal or something like that, then I've got the extra weight to vomit out or something. I had a buddy uh, in Indonesia who came to visit me in Jakarta when I was spending lots of time there, who uh, ate some street food yeah. and got some kind of a parasite. And he lost, I think, 20 pounds over the course of a week. And he was skinny. And we thought the guy was going to die. Um, and and a lot of people die from frailty. So when you're old uh, and you're weaker and you get something terrible, cancer, let's say, and you lose a bunch of weight. If you don't have the weight to lose, you die. So there are definitely benefits to having more mass on your frame other than just day-to-day quality of life. Hmm. The other thing I'm worried about with this program, right? If we're just going to talk about all my worries on this podcast. Let's do it. <clears throat> really grill you here. Uh, we'll, we'll name it John's Worried About Starting John's Strength. John's Worried About Starting Strength. Um, <laughs> there, what, like how rigid of a program do you have to keep how rigid of a schedule do you have to keep to gain weight? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like with exercise, I, I mean, that's something that people, I mean, for me, I'm not trying to gain weight or something. It's just like, I exercise just for the sake of exercising almost. Um, I do run hills. Am I going to be allowed to do that anymore? You're allowed to do whatever you want. And we just work around your situation to make, make it better. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, it's just like, how strict do I have to be on this program? Is it like every 48 hours on the dot? Um, we were kind of talking about if I have to miss uh, a day, is there something I can do, like a 1,000 push-ups or something on the trail and 50 jump squats or something like that? That's a real upper body to, real upper body heavy workout. But um, yeah, like, well, how does that work? I think Eric is the best uh, answer to that question. So Eric, basically, you have to do three things for this to work. You have to do the program exactly as it's written in the gym. You have to eat in a caloric surplus uh, if you need to gain weight, which you do for this for this purpose, and you need to sleep. Do the program, eat and sleep. So Eric is not doing two of those three things very well, and he's already has his deadlift up, whatever, 100 plus pounds, and is doing better on the mat. And mm-hmm. so it still works, but you know, a perfect situation would be wonderful, and that'd be fun to show the audience, but. You're a hiker, you're gone for five days. And by the way, it's gonna be really hard to recover from those five days of lots of work and not a lot of food. So when you get back in the gym, you're gonna be diminished. But we'll just keep building you back up until your next bout and then build you back up till till your next bout. And maybe one day you'll be this 250 pound guy on the top of Everest talking about how great it is to be strong. Is there anything that I can, we don't do supplements, huh? There's nothing that we, we take out there that's like, that can help me recover faster? The thing you need to recover is food and sleep. Sleep is the most anabolic substance on earth, as they say. And what, what about like a cryo chamber and a float tank, man? <laughs> no. I've been listening to Joe Rogan, dude. I need <laughs> all these things. Where's my NET or whatever drip, dude? Well, NAD drip. I think guys in our demographic especially love the gear and love all the minutiae and stuff around the activities that we enjoy. And there's lots of shit like that around exercise and training. Um, but 
all that matters is that you do the program, you eat, and you sleep. Dude, you're not much of a hiker. That's pretty much why people hike. It's just for the gear. <laughs> like, we're all for the gear. Camping, too. Oh, I wanted to go back to something you said about uh, exercise. So I want to make a distinction for you and for those on the channel that haven't heard this distinction yet. Um, there's exercise, which is doing activity for the sake of doing activity, which is good. It's better than being sedentary. And then there's training. And training is having your exercises oriented into a plan to achieve a specific goal. Mm -hmm. So when you're training, you have to do the plan. And if the plan has you exercising every 48 to 72 hours, you've got to do that. Does it have to be exactly 48 hours after the previous exercise? No. Um, there is flexibility, but the closer you adhere to the you know Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or in your sake, uh, in your case, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday schedule, the better your outcome will be. So when I'm out there, I am exercising like a fucking lot. I'm. I know I'm not squatting, but when I'm climbing a mountain with a 40 pound pack, like, it, does that help? Like, does that hurt me? Is that bad? Or we're, we're almost talking about it like it's bad. But now that I've had a few minutes here, it's like, wait, so shouldn't uh, I get bigger? <laughs> we are a, uh, a, a, and no, because progressive overload gets you bigger. You're primarily doing conditioning. Um, okay. but, but I actually wouldn't call it exercise. I would call it your performance. So you're a hiker and the Everest hike is your performance. And then you have practice hikes to get you ready for your performance. Okay. Um, and, and when you're recreationally hiking, you could call that exercise, but yeah. you're, you're a serious hiker. So I'd say you're, you're, um, a hiking athlete, right? Cause you have a performance that you're actually preparing for. So for, for preparation for your performance, you have practice, which is doing your hiking. And then you have training and training means making your body better in a way that's going to improve your performance. And, and our point of view is getting stronger is the best thing you could do to accomplish that. All right. I can see it. So the two-factor model of sports performance, there's an article on startingstrength.com, explains all this, and it applies to everything, really. So um, we'll see if we're full of shit or not, right? I mean, we're putting this out on the internet, and you're going to film the whole thing, and other than wearing our shirt, you're kind of, uh, you know, an outsider. So the other thing is I just have to take you hiking. Cause, um, yeah. What's your hiking experience? Like, where's your backpack in here? <laughs> uh, don't tell the other Idahoans, but I'm a Californian. So, so you haven't done anything like this. The way Californians hike is just basically a walk on dirt. So it, not really. You got no. that cute little camel's back that you, I don't even have that. I don't get thirsty enough. Fanny to, pack. <laughs> th yeah. A 30 minute jump <laughs> by the beach doesn't require water. You know? I, I, uh, yeah. What, what did you say? You were like, Hey, I got to go hiking with you. And I was like, yeah, man, like, um, you can't go hiking right now. It's, it's May. We we're in Boise, Idaho, and we just had snow yesterday. So there's snow <laughs> on the mountains. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, we got to like, we got to, you know, snow levels like 5,000 feet. Good hike start at 7,000 feet. Ray's like, you got to take me on something easy. I'm like, no, it'll be easy. And what did you say to me? You're like, I got a good trail behind my house. <laughs> Dude, it's a hill. It has elevation. <laughs> it goes up at least 150 <laughs> feet. <laughs> I was like, that's well, okay. That's your first day in the gym is on Sunday, and I'm going to dose you with stress appropriate to your current situation, and I only ask that you do the same for me when we go hiking. Yeah, we'll see how that first day. That first day is Sunday. I'm actually going to be coming out of the wilderness that morning and right. going right to the gym. Cool. So we'll... Uh, We'll see, yeah. Although you saw what happened with so Eric. Easy. I mean, our goal with, with Eric, we just wanted to figure out where he was at. We We've been talking to... a lot of shit about Eric. I better, I better <laughs> be better than Eric, dude. I better be better than Eric. Eric is a, is a, is a gifted fella, so we'll see about that. And it'll be fun to see. How, yeah, I've got the hikes going kind of progressively this year. Like um, That's usually how it is every year, you know, get a little bit farther, get a little bit farther. But um, the other thing is I hike with my mom. Mm, which cool. is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, last year we got into hiking together. My mom's 67 years old. She weighs, no joke, 100 pounds. She's about five feet tall. And uh, so my mom and I do the gnarliest hikes together. The first hike I took her on was 40 miles. It was like kind of even. And then the second hike I took her on was 50 miles to the Wind River Range in Wyoming a fucking crazy stretch and we went in the fall dude where the wind was like knocking her over it was in the middle of the like fall rut you're just hearing like elk bugle basically inside your tent all night 
And it'd be really interesting to see her because, I mean, she turned 68 this year. I mean, she's she's a she's the perfect type. You know, she's into yoga and stuff like that. Like, if this works for me, like, mom, to save yourself so that we can hike, you know, because it's, you know, I don't know if I have six years with her or 10 years with her. Like, how do we keep her hiking for for 10 years? I think uh, after I do this case study, it'll be interesting to, to see if, like, hey, mom. Maybe you could do this. I hope and so. We can hike hike together forever. I hope so because um, for guys like you and me, when we do the starting strength program, life's better. Being bigger, stronger, more capable—it's great. Um, and for guys that don't want to do it, that's fine. You still have a great life. Like your life pre-starting strength is awesome. You're in shape. You're healthy. You can hike a long time. You can do everything you want to do. Life is good. Yeah. Um, for postmenopausal women, this applies to anyone that's you know. Uh, I shouldn't say at a certain age, but at a certain stage in their decline, let's say. Um, this applies to anyone, but especially women because of their hormonal situation. So postmenopausal women often suffer from bone density loss, muscle mass loss. These are diseases that are catabolic. These are diseases that um, uh, reduce the uh, uh, the capability of the person. They, they reduce the rigidity of the structure. Um, it, it can be dangerous. So this is why you hear when some elderly women lose their balance because they're so weak and fall over. When they actually do fall over, their bones are a lot less like concrete and a, more, a, more, a lot more like dust, and a bad situation happens. And if you break your hip at that age, that's a serious injury. Dude, right? we had so. a fall on the rug. It just She was crossing this little stream. I have it on camera, and I ended up laughing at her, which I feel bad for. But I knew she was okay when I did. <laughs> um but yeah, man, she she you know she fell on those rocks, you know she slipped on a rock, streams crossing. There she goes. Her backpack kind of saved her. You know, yeah. Land on that backpack, but that was like five miles into our first hike together, and like instantly I was like, "Fuck, man! Yeah. Holy cow!" It, I mean, you could. It, you could break your hip. Yeah. We're in the middle of nowhere. I hope you have a like, GPS on you. I do, yeah. like that SOS system, but yeah. you know, it takes time. <laughs> yeah. there, there's a difference. So, so for women like that, if you get under a barbell and you load your skeleton, you can radically improve your bone density, become much stronger. We've got a um, our franchise owner in Tulsa, his wife, Francesca. She's five feet tall. She's around 60. She squats over 200. You know, it's just she she started from started from nothing started what, from what kind of calories do those ladies have to put down then um just a slight surplus you want to take it easy really really what you want to do with with everybody but especially older women that are more sensitive to big swings in in uh, food intake is just get their their protein dialed in first so like for francesca I'd want her eating 135 150 grams of protein a day because that's how much she weighs uh, yeah, so uh, one gram of protein per pound of target body weight. So for you, uh, okay. we probably have you at like 220 grams of protein per day. Jesus. Even if we never get you to 220 pounds body weight. Um, but that that protein is going to be the thing that enables uh, muscle growth the most. I mean, protein and, and carbs primarily, yeah. God, what are my dumps going to be like? Just <laughs> frequent. They'll gnarly. be frequent. <laughs> How many calories a day do I have to put down? Like 4,000? Um, we're going to – I don't have a set number for you yet. We're just going to see where you're at. We're going to make a couple adjustments to start. You're gonna, not going to need a massive surplus in the first week. We'll get your protein dialed in. I'll kind of see what you're eating day by day. And then I'll recommend that you you know maybe add some rice or um, – it depends on how you're doing. We'll make adjustments as we go. Hey, man, did you see that new uh, Northman movie? I sure did. All right, dude. How do I get to looking like S Stalingrad or Skarsgård or whatever in the Northman? Like, can I look like that? So stop it hiking. <laughs> um <laughs> Stop Stop hiking. I'm going to get that bear pelt, and I want to hike with that bear pelt <laughs> and just walk through the woods like that. Stop hiking for six months. Stop hiking for six months, <laughs> follow the starting strength program, get on, uh, he's probably on 300 milligrams of tests per week, and he's probably on another anabolic of some kind. God. So maybe Anavar or Tren or who knows. Is that stuff uh, safe now? I mean, I, I'm, I don't have a, a medical opinion to share, but I think that, uh, that... Oh, this is where you start ducking my questions. <laughs> okay, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Now, people like Joe Rogan and stuff like that, and... Uh, you know, someone like me that follows sports and science, we all just feel like steroids are at a point where it's like almost safe. And like, that's, that's kind of what I think. Like if, if, you know, if you're someone like that guy, Skarsgård in the, in the movie, like, it's like, why would you not 
do that stuff? Like, would it is it hurting him? You think this, this all comes down to risk assessment. So, yeah. do we have unequivocal scientific data that indicates that X amount of testosterone for a man in the current in the, whatever condition is safe over time? No. But do we have lots of anecdotal data? I know of lots of people that do it safely. And uh, am I on testosterone for therapeutic purposes? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, doing it, I'm at like 170, 180 milligrams a week. It's hard to argue that that's bad for you. Even if it is a little bit bad for me, the benefits that it brings to my life and well-being and state of mind and ability to recover from training, it's, I'm doing it. Um, if you get a guy on a whole bunch of tests, then you might start having problems with um, lipids and it might be stressful on the heart and you know who knows what the concerns are that's a little more murky territory mm. um, and then that plus anabolics I mean there's clearly downsides to, to doing lots of tests and, and um, uh, anabolics on top of that alright here's my hot take here's my hot take <clears throat> I've seen Rip. Rip, Rip Rip always comes in hot so here's what I gotta here's my hot take make steroids legal in all major sports and we'll have a cure for cancer within 10 years, like maybe five. Because if you made steroids legal in all major sports, the money that would go into just making a superior human being, yeah, like we'd be living forever. That's well, my hot take. Well, it's already, it's already there, and it's, uh, um, the industry is there, but it's just a black market. It's all right. on the ground, right? Imagine if yeah. you, you gave that to Mark Cuban and said, Mark, Mm. Go make Luka Doncic immortal. Mark would be like, all right, dude. Every scientist from all over the world would be working here. Like every major, you know, CRISPR technology and all that. If we just opened that up, how crazy would that be? I'm not opposed to your idea because I think it'd be fun to watch. <sighs> it'd but, be fun. But and just the sport in general of just like see a kickoff in football and guys are just exploding on the field. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the ball explodes. How crazy would that be? Like, I mean, all those guys are on steroids anyways. Woo! But your point is what if you made it above board and had yeah. the proper funding and stuff? Yeah, yeah it'd be a huge industry. Um, it'd be massive. And I, think, I bet they'd make them safe. They don't want to hurt their players. They don't, I don't think they care. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Maybe I mean, not. I mean, if you look at the NFL, the amount of people that have brain damage, and you look at M MMA fighters, I know lots of guys that are just permanently fucked up. Um, I don't know. I don't think they care. I think when you're a professional athlete, winning above all else. Okay. I mean, how many how many pro bodybuilders are dying of heart issues, right? And those guys are on all the steroids. Um, but yeah, I think if we're gonna be accurate, uh, Stan Efferding was on the podcast. He's a a, a world renowned bodybuilder and and um, a strength athlete he made the distinction between health and fitness. So if these guys spend all this money studying these drugs, will it improve people's fitness for their sport? For sure. Will it improve their health? Probably not, because mm. being fit for a particular sport may not actually be healthy. Like if you uh, condition your body to do ultra marathons, it's probably not good for you, but you're fit, you're fit for the sport. So I think that was, a, that was the first time I've heard that distinction made, and I thought that's a really good way to look at it. Mm. So are you healthy? When you with starting strength, then you're you're that's what you would call it. It depends. It depends. So we make you fit for life in whatever sport you want to you want to be involved in, sport or activity. And then your health. This definitely contributes to better health. Right. But if you eat like shit and you sleep yeah. like shit and you drink, um, you know, six drinks a day, um, you know, the rest of your lifestyle obviously adds up. But if you uh, if you kind of do what I try to do, which is eat whole foods that go bad if they're, they're not in the fridge for the most part, like lean meats and vegetables and dairy. Um, you train with heavy weights three days a week. Uh, you try to move other than doing stuff in the weight room, like get some a little bit of conditioning in maybe once a week and do some 10 minute walks after meals. Try not to drink too much. Get eight hours of solid sleep in a dark room. Um, keep your stress level down. You know, you're you've got a good chance of having a, a pretty good quality of life. Well, and, no shit, everyone yeah. does, right? If For you sure. do all that, if you do keep all that, your stress level down, you got a good chance in life. Yeah, well, that, but that's so that's all relative because <laughs> my stress level's fucking high because I've got a lot of responsibility. But um, I take active measures like sitting at that damn sauna uh, a couple nights a week ah. to just sit in the dark, take a couple of breaths, put my phone away. Bring the stress down. That's good. A little meditation yeah. is what you're saying. A little, a little, a little, a little like spiritual health to go with. Hundred percent. Because there's too much stimulation okay. in 2022. It's too much stimulation. So you just got to shut it off every so often. Otherwise, at least for me, I'm just 
kind of amped up all the time. I mean, that's know? half the reason I go hiking, man, is um, is your phone doesn't work. I love it. And Elon Musk is going to fuck that up for everyone. He is going to fuck yeah. me so hard on that, <laughs> dude. So hard. One thing I don't like about what he's doing, but, uh, you know, that's all right. We all have our, our flaws. Yeah. There's utility. It just doesn't mean that, I, you know, I'm going to miss being able to go somewhere where I'm unreachable. 20 years from now, it's going to be like, you're going to have to go hike on Mars if you don't, <laughs> if you want your cell phone to not And work. he's running Mars, too. So that yeah. might be a problem as well. Yeah. Um, yeah but we'll with, with Starlink, it, we may be a couple years away from not being able to disconnect, you know? which is going to be a shame. So enjoy while you can, man. I, well, I am. Yeah. I am, right? Good. Right. So what else are we doing with you? We've got the Eric case study, which I think is going to be awesome, and it's going to be fun to finally show the BJJ community unequivocally on video, even when you do the starting strength program, not totally the way it's been written, but you know as close as possible given the situation, what that can do for your jiu-jitsu game. That's going to be a lot of fun. Then we're going to show your case study, which will be great because you're – a talented videographer and you're a bit of a skeptic so if we can show your before and afters and how you're feeling after you get a little stronger that'd be awesome it's gonna be dope dude yeah. i mean we're gonna shoot this uh over six months um i've done like full-on tv shows and stuff like that and that's kind of what i'm approaching this with is like a a, a full-on tv show so each episode covers a month of our training It'll have all the hiking that I'm doing. It'll have the eating and stuff like that. I actually did something similar like this with bodybuilding.com with a guy named Chris Gethin. Chris was um, training for an Ironman triathlon, and he's a big guy, big bodybuilder, and that was the whole point of the show of like um, – you know, usually those guys are skinny. Uh, so Chris kept his weight on and completed the triathlon. Whoa. And basically I followed Chris around for six months, went to the gym with him at a gym that will not be named over here uh, <laughs> in the mornings and went swimming with him and stuff like that. So basically I am going to kind of do my, I get to do that again because that was such a fun project mm -hmm. and do it on myself mm -hmm. and make myself like, the guinea pig and shoot it and then you know put it out so it's a real fun project to me so each episode will be a month we'll track actually what i'm doing you'll actually see the hike so there'll be not just like me in the gym but you'll see it actually happening like out in some really fucking cool places like if i'm gonna be honest i do go to cool places um there's a lot of cool places around here it's not mm -hmm. it's not something that's hard to do no. um <laughs> Idaho's pretty spectacular. just dude the united states i mean fucking hell dude i mean travel a little bit it, it's an amazing country that we live in like i i've been watching that uh on netflix that the great national parks thing and um I almost, I almost didn't watch it because I, I was looking on there for an episode about Yellowstone. I'm like, if they don't even talk about Yellowstone, I don't want to watch this. But, mm -hmm. but I started the first episode, the overview episode, and halfway through, like it's Obama narrating. Um, halfway through, he starts talking about Yellowstone and about like how that was the first national park ever in the world, mm -hmm. like anywhere, and um, like national parks around the world exist because simply from like that's really cool what america's doing let's do that mm. it's like this truly global phenomenon that america started it with national parks and like this country still leads the way with it man like we're like still the king of open spaces mm. i've traveled to some places where it's like like they, they haven't even they you can't hike mm -hmm. you know so it's not just idaho it's amazing and that's going to be a part of this uh series too and hopefully it's like you know i don't know what other people get fit for or exercise for or something but um improving this area of your life to help improve this area of your life that makes your life you know feel more complete and better like that's what we're going to touch on so positive don't get me injured and it'll be an awesome series but no i'm looking forward to it i think the whole process will be fun i'm playing the skeptic here like up a little bit just because that's good tv good right TV, yeah. but uh but i do have faith in the program i wouldn't let you uh <laughs> manhandle me and like before i go to i nepal like oh i think i'm gonna get injured before i go to nepal no i have i have faith in the program or i wouldn't do it so yeah um, the injury risk with this stuff, even when one's doing it on their own, is very low. And the injuries do it, that do occur are usually pretty minor. 
Um, the bench is actually the most dangerous thing that we do because you could drop it on your neck. So uh, that's why you have a coach. Dude, yeah. it's hilarious too because it's like I'm saying that like I don't get injured now. I get fucking injured now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, with, with all athletes, my, my strong recommendation is to let me know whatever you're feeling, physically especially, or even psychologically if you're feeling drained or it's just not, you're not, it's not with you that day because the better I know your situation, the better I can organize the program uh, around it to fix it. And if, uh, for example, you're feeling a pain somewhere that I don't notice and we can adjust your technique to, to try to resolve that, let's do that before the thing gets worse. So the problem with athletes is um, they're used to just working through stuff. So the coach-athlete communication has to be really solid so that I can help you preempt any issues that might pop up. I think this is a pretty risky case study for you too, man. Like, Well, if you die, <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just... Uh... I don't know if risky is the right word because I'm saying risky like, you know, I'm going to it with a bunch of unknowns, but it's mm -hmm. pretty interesting because you're going into it with a bunch of unknowns as well. I mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. have you like to have someone who's who's it's it's literally my job like um, to do stuff like that mm -hmm. and to to be in places where uh, food is limited or, or there's stress on my body and stuff like that and how you're going to have to work around that and navigate it. Like, um, could be interesting. I've done and it before and I, you'll get to figure it out. Yeah. I've done it before and I know I can do it, especially if when you're here, you will follow my guidance on food. That's going to be the real, it's going to be up to you. I've been asking you about food since day one. I've been waiting for a food <laughs> list. I literally came in here. We started this podcast. I asked him about food. He goes, let's get back to food in a second. <laughs> like rewind the tape. Well, good. Yeah, I'll have you track your food for the first couple of weeks at least. And we'll see how it's going. But all I'm hearing about food is like, we're going to calories over how many you're burning. So here's where you'll probably be after um, a couple weeks into the program. This will be, let's just... Without doing a full consult, I'll just give you an example of what you might eat. We had lunch today, Ray, and right. I took very specific notice of your order. We had we had uh, Vietnamese, and uh, Ray got the Korean short ribs. Korean food at a Vietnamese joint. My wife's family, I hope she's not watching Light this. on the oil. Mm -hmm. Why light on the oil, they Ray? They just use too much. And and liquid calories oh. are the easiest way to, to get calories. And I've gained my weight, man. I'm up 90 pounds, so I'm done gaining weight. Right. I wouldn't mind losing five pounds, actually. Right. Um, so I'm I'm eating pretty lightly at the moment. So how was my order on, uh, in the starting strength diet world? It's perfect for where you're at right now. But if you were to do the program, it's inadequate completely. Why? Um, you would need f at least 50 grams of protein for that meal. Um, so you'd be looking at, I don't know, let's no, say. Hang on. We got to tell the people what I ordered. I ordered the vermicelli uh -huh. with, I ordered it with beef and shrimp because I was like, I'm going to impress Bray with all the protein I put down <laughs> today at lunch. So you're saying that's not adequate. Not I enough. needed to throw on like two eggs on there and stuff. Two eggs would be two great. Even um, and I usually do, uh, so when I was gaining weight and I ate at that restaurant, I would just get triple meat on everything, and then I'd get one or two appetizers. Jesus. Well, how much does it cost for you to gain weight? So that's the problem. <laughs> so if you're, if you're gaining weight, you should eat at home because it adds up really quickly, especially with the current economy. So yeah. the more you eat at home, the better. But um, let's say for breakfast, do you eat rice? Yeah, I love rice. Fantastic. The more rice, the better on this program. Um, so... Big plate of rice for breakfast, five, six eggs, five or six strips of bacon, um, and a cup of whole milk. There's your breakfast. Uh, and then lunch should be like three That's hours later. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. It's, you can do it. You can, if, you can, if you have the mental fortitude to hike for days, you can eat a little bit more than you want to at a given meal. Well, I can. Yeah. But what about breaking it up? Or do you have to do the three meals a day thing? You got Ideally, you do four meals a day. I don't expect you to do that because that's a serious level of commitment. Um, that'd be great for the case study, but I can I can squeeze everything into three meals a day plus a protein shake, especially if that protein shake is with whole milk. So I'll be having you. Are you lactose intolerant or having any issues with that at all? I mean, isn't everybody a little lactose? <laughs> if you if you if you drink the Fair Life stuff, most people are totally fine with it. Okay, uh, but we'll just see where your thresholds are. I usually and... drink almond milk. Is that not the thing to drink? I mean, if you're from fucking Seattle or something, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, almond milk. Almond milk is is not as good as uh, cow's milk because cow's milk, as Rip says, is mammal growing juice. Okay, um, so it's got a really good blend of carbohydrates, fat, and protein. And it's an easy way to get a whole bunch of calories. So. Dude, what's Rip like? Rip's fucking great. 
Rip is hilarious. Rip Rip is hilarious. Rip is hilarious. I heard you guys were just in Waco. We were just in Waco. Which is so such a rip place to send the family on the family <laughs> retreat. We picked that actually. You picked uh, that? Yeah, we did because we were looking for a place that was big enough to host twenty plus people because it was the franchise owner's retreat. Um so Rip showed up and was just mocking us incessantly. Uh he was making fun of the games we were playing. We did like some leg wrestling stuff and he uh <laughs> When he started his Q&A, we had him all mic'd up, had a couple of cameras on him. He goes something like, here you're going on a boat ride tomorrow. <laughs> 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 Just making fun of us. For going um, on a boat? For going on a boat ride. <laughs> why? <laughs> and, he, and he goes, why are you micing me up? I said, well, in case you're funny. He goes, I'm always funny. <laughs> why are you micing me up? He's just he's just fucking around. He, when he's when he's got an audience in front of him, he switches it on. He's a character. He's hilarious. Is uh, he, uh, so at these things, like, is this a company retreat? This is, yeah, for all franchise owners, yep. Okay, so you guys are, are you guys boozing it up on this thing? Or what? Oh, yeah. What's yeah. the vibe? Having a great time. Dude, is Rip having a, a cocktail or two? Rip didn't stay the night, otherwise he definitely would have. Rip just shows up and bounces? Rip sh- drove four hours, <laughs> hung out for two hours, made fun of us, and went home. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to stay <laughs> the night. I've got, I've got shit to do tomorrow, that's okay. what he said. Um, but the previous year, he hung out with us and, and drank, and uh, we had a... We just had an awesome time. So how many days were you there? It was three days. Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, Monday through Thursday, actually. So, so yeah. Uh, Did you ever leave the cabin? Were you on yeah. a lake? Uh, we were right on a lake, and then we uh, we all got in our cars and drove up to a, a much bigger lake, um, and then rented two pontoon boats and hung out, had a good time. Did you have Texas barbecue? Mm, we did actually. Brent Carter, the owner of Dallas and Plano, made brisket for the whole group on on Monday night. Son of a bitch, damn dude! Good. And the whole thing was uh, was catered. It was uh, it was a good time. We're actually in Ray's house right now, and um, and uh, he's got three grills on his patio right now. I eat a lot of meat, <laughs> dude. Like I love a grill, man. You got the classic Weber kettle, which is just like if hey, if you if it's your first grill or if you're getting your husband or boyfriend their first grill, like get them that Weber kettle Weber mm. Weber charcoal kettle grill. That mm. thing's just the classic. And then you've got like a pellet smoker, mm-hmm. not the Traeger. Nope. I got a Pit Boss. It's like 500 bucks. Oh my god. At Walmart. And then you've got like a huge griddle or something like that the blackstone griddle that is the grilling device that thing i'd i'd get rid of the other two and just keep that one if i could or if i needed to so here's the weird thing about you too is like (laughs) yeah don't worry about it i said it uh so we're in idaho right now and if you couldn't tell like i'm the idaho one and i don't think if you were just looking at us right now your guess would be like who's the idaho one in this in this endeavor it's me like you don't you don't hunt right not yet you don't hike not yet like i expect like looking at that grill setup out there you'd be joe rogan out there killing things with knives in the bushes dude he makes more money than i do i I have to work i expected you to be like out there with a bow hunting stuff and putting stuff on that grill i would love to we've been out here about a year and a half now and we had these delusions of grandeur about the wonderful lifestyle we'd lead when we were here and uh, you know, we sort of forgot the fact that we're trying to build a new company. And yeah. There's there's no time. I mean, we've done like maybe three overnight trips since we've been here. But it's 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 gorgeous, and I want to see more of it, especially now that it's spring. That's where you come in, man. Yeah, so, this is sad. Time, I'm time gonna. To yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. why you actually called me. You're like, I need someone to get outside with. It's amazing how many people move up here and actually do like DM me on Instagram or something. Or like, can you take me <laughs> hiking? Like. And actually, I do try sometimes, but but it's like, yeah, if you come up here, you got to be outside. Agreed. Yeah. At least I have that patio. You and like you've the got patio, the patio. Right? Yeah. You've got the grill, man. Yep. Like, got the fire. I'm expecting like you got an RV. No. 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 That's the next thing I got to get. Yep. I've got a Sequoia. And yeah, he doesn't even drive a truck. Doesn't this guy look like he drives like a huge <laughs> F two fifty or something like that? A Sequoia he, may as well be a Tundra. Same you shit. have. It's a, yeah. He's got like the the perfectly like he's got the car that I was talking about the the Toyota Sequoia SUV that's gonna run you for three hundred and fifty thousand miles. Oh yeah. It's never gonna break. That's why I bought like, it. Like of course, like the totally, like but looking at you, Ray, like. You should have like mud flaps and truck nuts 
you know, on your F-350. I feel judged and categorized, you know? And, I'm just uh, trying to tell you what it takes to fit in around here, man. Like, <laughs> making, funny, fun of, making fun of me for drinking almond milk. Fair enough. And LaCroix. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Oh, yeah. LaCroix. <laughs> that's totally me. Actually, uh, but yeah, I was a California transplant, too, so I... I I, I Any know. Idahoan watching this is going to be mocking us, but you're more Idahoan I than I am. I know. Anyone, <laughs> anyone's like, that stupid guy that's from California, too, is, doesn't but, know this. But at least you get out. And uh, the funny thing is all of my buddies are from California, you know, which is which is pretty common. I think there are definitely more Californians and Idahoans in the Boise area at this there's, point. There's right? just Californians everywhere, dude. Yep. Yeah. And and we all get pissed off when we see California license plates, too, which is just ridiculous. Are you already there? We're already there. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here four years, damn it. Well, it's just in the last year and a half, traffic has gotten so bad, and the drivers have gotten so much shittier, and there are homeless encampments outside of the Capitol building now. And, it's like, and the other day, some sketchy meth head was walking by my wife downtown, and I was like, this is a completely different place in a year and a half so it's a little disappointing but you know what are you gonna do you are making that super like our homeless situation compared to most cities is not bad it's not bad but it used to not exist at least not that i could tell it used to not exist i like growth i like to be a part of growth uh i just am glad that i live in a city that is it people want to go to instead of leave that does come with its challenges especially when you get explosive growth like we've had here in Mm. boise where we're like the it's something crazy um and yeah people are you know bitching about home prices and stuff like that but uh, you know i'm just like you know i want to be in a place where that's popping sure and i'll ride that wave with it like it might get rid of some some people that didn't have to be here, but uh, <laughs> like, I think for me it depends on the politics because I love the culture here, I love the vibe here, I love the freedoms we have here, and I just don't want that to change. So people like me escaping totalitarian regimes, I hope uh, understand the reasons why things went down that way, and <laughs> don't make the same same mistakes here that they did back home. You know? Uh, yeah, that's that that's that age old Idaho thing. You can move here, just. Don't bring your votes or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like, uh-huh. and then there's all these stickers. Uh, what is it? Blue. Don't, don't bring that liberal BS around here, boy. <laughs> like, that's, that's Idaho for <laughs> yeah. yeah man. You can move here, but we vote this way. It's like I, you don't know how voting works, I guess. But. And and there's goofy stuff when you go downtown. You're like, shit, Boise's not exempt. I heard teachers having a meeting at a coffee shop on Eighth Street downtown about how they're going to bring critical race theory into their classrooms. And I'm like, is this real life? I feel like I'm in there's, a reality there's show. There's Boise, man. There's the liberal hub. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you? Yeah, you're in Boise. I'm like, where are we? You're in Boise. We're unincorporated, actually. This is Garden City, like-ish. Yeah, right on the border. You made that. You were like, I got to live in an un- unincorporated township. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. The the less attached to Boise we are, probably the better overall. You know? Oh, man. Yeah. I love Boise. Ray, you just need someone to take you around Boise and just show you all the beautiful things it has to offer. Let's hang out. I, we're hanging out now. We're doing this podcast. Well, I'm always in my basement. Let's go outside. All right. We could do that. <laughs> Let's go sit by the fire. <laughs> all right, man. All right, dude. Thanks, John. Don't forget to watch uh, Starting State Jim's podcast and uh, my show that'll be coming out soon that we're going to make a name for where you don't have a working title yet. All right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. It's coming out next year, by the way.